Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of Grow With Soul. In today's episode, I am thrilled to be talking to Sasha Glasgow of Frank and Feel, writer, doubter, doer. Sasha is one of my favourite writers on Instagram and to be honest, I just wanted an excuse to have a conversation with her, but what a conversation it was. We talk about how she started out with an intention to be a candle brand before heeding the call of the words. We talk about the empowerment of sharing the truth of your feelings, the impact versus the aesthetic of a journaling practice, and our approaches to getting out of our brains and into our bodies. Now, I was so excited to talk to Sasha that I actually forgot to plug my microphone in. So the sound quality on my side is not going to be as good as usual, but I do know that we are both so excited for you to hear this one. So let's get to it. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Kate. How are you? I am very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay today and I think that's all I can ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I saw. That's a very nice way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know who you are or isn't familiar with you, can you give us a sort of journey so far of, well, and also an introduction to kind of what you do do and how you've kind of got there? Yeah, sure. So my email bio or or signature that I should read, it says writer, doubter, doer. And I think that's quite an apt introduction to me. I'm the writer behind Frank and Phil, which started as an Instagram page just for me to get my writing out of my head and onto the page. I write typically about my own journey of like self-doubt and moving towards self-trust. And now it's become a bit more than an Instagram page, which is nice. It just started as an idea that I just wanted a creative outlet and I wanted to do something outside of my day job, which was previously as a PA. And I think it came out of a feeling of pure exasperation with myself and kind of the things I'd see in the spaces I navigate around me of particularly, I can only speak to to, to women um, and my own experience, but just seeing so much potential and desire and want to live a particular life, but kind of us and myself, like holding ourselves back. And I think I just had one of those, I've had it with myself moments and was just like, right, I don't know what the thing is, but I know I've got this idea that I want to write and I'm just going to do it. And I had the feeling that nothing changes if nothing changes. So I just, started up an Instagram on the 1st of January 2020 and if you'd have told me how 2020 was going to turn out I wonder (laughs) if I would have actually done it but anyway we're here now and I remember at the tail end of 2019 I kind of saw I saw Nicola Ray Wickham of A Life More Inspired put out that she was going to be doing signature course called Wholehearted, which was about wholehearted marketing and um, for creatives. And I just thought, I don't know what it was, but it spoke to me. And so I rocked up with nothing more than an idea and an Instagram amongst the sea of like actual business owners. (laughs) (laughs) And um, to me, I think I can really credit her with like helping lay the foundations for what Frankenfield is and how it turns up now, because one of her main manifestos was you find your voice by using it. And as much as I did not want to agree with that, I Mm -hmm. wanted to be like, no, no, you find your voice by researching and planning and being 98% ready and then waiting two months and then maybe launching. (laughs) She was right. (laughs) Okay. So that was the beginning of January, 2020. And it was nothing more than 
I just want a sort of outlet and then the course spoke to you and so over the course of doing the course did you kind of feel pulled in a certain direction did you get to a point of like I want the certainty and I'm just gonna do this thing and really go for it or has it always been this kind of unraveling I think it's always been an unraveling because actually Frankenfield started in my mind I knew I wanted a creative outlet and since I was a kid I've always been doing like origami um, making things like making houses out of shoe boxes it's a bit so was my favorite tv program and art attack and stuff like that I've always written short stories and been a creative kind of child and I saw what I felt was an explosion of independent makers maybe they just became apparent to me particularly in the candle making space and I was like I think I could do that because I had bought a candle that was quite expensive and I was really disappointed with it and I was like I'm sure I I can do that so I went to a candle making workshop and then I did what I typically do which is go into research mode and like did all the costings I had spreadsheets I was like I, I know suppliers I was like yeah I can do this and I knew I wanted to put have words in there somewhere and I didn't know if they would be like to do with the labeling or the story or the cards that would go with it or I wasn't sure how it would show up but my main thing with Frank and Phil has always been to show up before you're ready make the behind the scenes the actual scenes and so yeah it's, it has been like an unfurling and I think after I started about six to eight weeks into working with Nicola and just writing for self-expression I was like "Mm, I like making candles for myself but it's not the thing I tried to make what should have been I guess the center focus kind of sit on the periphery and it very quickly made itself known that it's like no it's the words that are connecting so maybe you should go somewhere with that Okay, I've got like a million directions I want to go off in. Um, Okay, I'm going to put a pin in the candles and come back to that. But I think what I'd like to ask first is why was it the writing? Because you described about like quite a more hands-on style of creativity that you've always done. And yeah, so how was it that it then became writing and words that became the focus of that? I'm a firm believer that I think the things you're meant to do will always quietly call to you and they will always come back round. So I think writing has been calling to me for years. Like when I was, I remember I wrote my first short story when I was about seven or eight and it was um, called uh, Waiter, There's a Waitress in My Soup. <laughs> it's always stuck with me. Nice. Um, it's like a <laughs> magical it was a Great comedic piece. It was wonderful. Um, and then I would I I sung a lot when I was a kid, and when I went to do music GCSC, that le- lent itself to songwriting. And then when the blogging uh, scene exploded, I was definitely into blogging. When I finished university, I did a postgrad in magazine journalism. Was it magazine? journalism publisher I can't quite even remember so I just feel like it's always been kind of calling me and drawing me in and I I think I thought oh if it's not going to be for work then it's just a no or maybe it's something that sits quietly on the side if it's not going to be the main thing then it's nothing that was a really it was a big untruth and a lie essentially that I was telling myself because I feel like one of my main learnings is that the things that we do the things we're called to do don't always have to have a result whether that's financial or whatever it can just be because you feel like you're called to do it and with the writing once I started doing it and realizing that I was connecting with people I was like I think there's something here and I really really enjoy connecting with with the world and with people and with myself in this way yeah that I really I really resonate with that and actually I I did at the time we were recording, last night I did a, a workshop and we were having this conversation and I was saying to them, we'll just do it for you. And somebody was like, well, like, I can't because what what's the point? Like, I can't see mm. the point if it's not for mm. something. I'm like, the point is it's your life and you want to. Like, what? There is no other point. But I ab- absolutely, a couple of years ago, was like, well, if it's not to share on Instagram, what's it for? 
and it's yeah. so easy to get into that corner I think it's because as well we live in a really transactional world and we live in like an instantaneous world where everything has to ha- even if it's not for the external view I think we approach it in in that way mm-hmm. and so we and we apply a lot of value to what's the outcome what are we going to get what are people going to see and I think there's so much to be said and to be seen for doing things that a nobody sees the outcome of and b maybe there maybe there isn't a point you just like it that that's reason enough you know <laughs> so coming back to the candles was that before you started the Instagram or after the Instagram that the candle idea came up that was before I'd say that was like the last oh, okay. quarter of 2019 and so I did the workshop and then I did all the research and I kind of was paying attention to what Nicola was doing. And I just felt this urge that it was like going to be something. And the reason that I, my Instagram is called Frank and Phil is because I was like, everybody has a, like a trendy candle brand and it seems to be like, and something, something and something. So I was like, so I'm going to go with that. So when people ask like, why that? I've kind of now traversed it in a way because well, I think it works quite well in that I say I write about um, feelings, frankly, but mm. largely it was just because I wanted it to sound like a Frankie Shoreditch candle brand. <laughs> That's exactly what Simple and Season was. It was something and something, and it sort of doesn't mean anything. <laughs> There's really no deep thing to it. I'm sorry to like to say that. It just isn't. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like you're right. Frankenfeel does feel feel like... I don't know, like you, it's kind of like you grow into the name or the name exists and you just like make it what it needs to be. And I thought it was interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong or projecting here, but it was kind of like a, oh, there's all these candle brands. I could do that. Do you think it was much more that kind of outside influence and there's a thing I can do rather than this is, coming from inside me yeah yeah you're right it definitely was seeing thinking seeing other people do things and think oh well if they're doing that I think I could do that it was very much from the outside in and then the words were like "Mm -mm, from the inside out please I don't know what you think you're doing with all of this other stuff (laughs) it was nice while you were doing all your research I hope you enjoyed that can you just get to (laughs) what's going on at the core please (laughs) So yeah, so how long was that re- research time? How long were you working on this as like a business? You know what? It wasn't very long because I know that another thing that I deal with is like enthusiasm burnout. I go into things with so much gusto at the start and like I'll buy all the ebooks and like I'll just go down a minefield with it all. And then it kind of just dwindles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's what happened with that, like, I think maybe one of my first two posts might talk about or relate to essential oil blends and scent blends and stuff. Mm. And then it just, it just kind of tailed off. I still do it for fun and like to make gifts for friends and stuff. And it's nice to know how to do it and to be able to do it for myself. But yeah, it very quickly just went off into the distance. Mm. (laughs) And so I'm interested in the kind of emotional experience experience of that where having that big influx of enthusiasm at the beginning I think it would be very easy to then go oh I'm failing or I'm giving up if you don't then follow through on that and I'm interested into whether that was kind of your experience or knowing that the words were so coming from the inside and and being so sure of that being the core or maybe you weren't so sure of it being the core but maybe that helped. And yeah, I'm interested in that kind of emotional experience of that. I think because what you picked up on before, you said it came from kind of like the outside in, because there was something to replace it, it felt like more of a transition than a failure. I didn't mm-hmm. feel it so much, probably because it wasn't coming from the core. But then there has been like a, a wave and a choppy sea with it all because as much as I was like, okay, it's the words. Yes, I love the words. I love writing. This is wonderful. I can set that to the side, the candle thing, and I can just move on with the words. But now what do I do with these words? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's 
like, it's great to know that, have that piece of the puzzle. Now what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do I do with this? Like, this isn't a thing. And that's the thing. A candle is, here's a project I can sell. Yeah. Very easy. But yeah. this is something that's come from the inside out. And it's like, this is where I have to be. This is like my work. But what the hell is it? <laughs> And 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 to be honest, I'm still finding out now. I'm still learning lessons. And largely, I think the best thing I've done is just go into this very, very open-minded, open to opportunities, open to whatever comes, and just kind of feeling into myself and my voice and seeing what comes. I think I've had the the privilege to be able to do that because it has been somewhat, I want to say, a passion project. At least that's how it started off. Well, I'm curious about, and I'm sort of thinking if there's someone listening who's thinking, okay, well, I'm not sure that my equivalent of the candles is right for me, but how do I know what my equivalent of the words is? Like, how did you know, or what? how did it feel to really kind of have that certainty about, yes, this is the words is where I want to be? Mm. I don't know if I did have the certainty. I just... I just found like thoughts would just come into my head and I would do my best to to grab them and get them down. And I would just, I would share. And I think initially it was actually, and I don't know if I like saying this, but it was the, the validation and the reaction from other people to be like, oh my gosh, like, are you in my head? Like, how did you do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just writing about (laughs) myself. I'm writing about myself. 90% of the time I'm writing the things that I need to hear and other people just happen to relate to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know necessarily how to even answer how you would know. I think it's the thing that you would spend your time doing if no one saw, if you maybe never got paid a day in your life, it was just the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And I, and I think actually, you might feel resistance to doing it, but it still feels right, even if there is that resistance. I felt like with the candle stuff, I felt I'm used to feeling doubt and like, oh, unsure of myself and I don't know if I should put myself out there and like that sort of comparison thing. But with the writing, there was something in me that was just like, well, I'm going to kind of just, I'm just going to quietly try this and experiment and, and put it out there anyway. And I think just in being able to take those few extra steps forward with that rather than the other thing, that, that let me know that, okay, I think we're on to something. I think about the difference between I'm afraid because I need to do this or I'm afraid because I shouldn't do this. And they, they can feel the same way. Um, but yeah, there's the good fear and then the, the fear that's actually telling you, no, that's not the right, <laughs> not the right yeah. thing. And I think the fear of like, that's not the right thing. It comes from the body mm. for me. I feel like my body gives me very simple answers, a simple yes or no. It's my mind that then likes to convolute and make it like really unnecessarily complicated. Body is very clear and it's like, is it zero a yes or a no? And I like to live by the feeling of less force and more ease. But even though I lean into ease and I lean into peace, that ease doesn't mean easy. But because it feels good in my gut, I'm like, even if I feel resistant, I still feel like this is this is okay. Like this is the past. So, yeah, that's how I think. That's so funny. I can't remember whether I've published it yet, but I literally wrote the other day. I do what is easeful. That's not the same as what is easy. It's hard, but it's not a push. It's not a slog. It's just I literally think we're in each other's heads. I will look out for your mutual <laughs> post because I have <laughs> something similar. But I had to yeah, I had this thought and I was like, Yeah, easeful has been a word that has like been sat with me for a couple of weeks now and I'm like, I like this word and I know the difference. I can recognise the difference cognitively and in my gut between mm. something being easeful but not necessarily being easy but you still want to go with it. And sometimes it's the easy stuff that isn't the right stuff. Like the stuff that you can, it would have been pretty easy to make a candle. (laughs) That was the easy route, but it wasn't the easeful route because you would have been battling yourself the whole way. 100%. I, I really believe that like, 
I think, you know, we're multifaceted people and we all have skills in different places. And I've had friends say to me, oh, you should do this because you're really good at it. You used to be a PA. Why don't you do this? Because you're really good at organizing. Just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I also, I just wanted to skip back because when you said about the the validation, to use your word, Mm. of people reflecting back to you I think obviously there is a bit of validation that comes as part of that but also that's called testing the market (laughs) so it's Mm -hmm. not just and it doesn't sound for you which is a way that we can so often go is that you do it just for the validation and, and it's kind of that's where you're getting everything from is from other people it was more like oh the market if you want to use that word is validating this idea as something with legs, but I wanted to do it anyway. And it wasn't like a chasing the likes kind of thing. So I think I just wanted to highlight that as just because other people like something doesn't mean you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. In fact, I think it's quite a nice meeting in the middle of like something coming from inside you that you wanted to do anyway. And it's just being received really well, Mm -hmm. which is a really nice meeting point in the middle, actually. Yeah, I know that was how I first found you. It was like one of your posts at the end of last year about stepping into your power or not stepping into your power. And I was like, who the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) And also I was like, not jealous in a bad way, but I was like, why didn't I write that? This is so good. (laughs) I... Yeah, I have that feeling a lot. And actually, when I first started Frankenville, I didn't follow anyone who wrote anything because my ego purely couldn't take it. Mm. But I have that feeling with you a lot. I'll see a post or I'll see something come through in a newsletter and I'm just like, why is she just pulled words out of my head and said them first? Like, why? (laughs) It's rude is what it is. (laughs) Well, do you, this is interesting. Do you, are you still not following other people who do similar things? No, now, I think because I was just like a baby lamb finding her feet, I kind of needed that tunnel vision to start with just to put myself out there because I I know how prone I still am and was at the time to kind of looking around and seeing what everybody else was doing. And you don't find your voice by listening to everybody else's. So yeah, now I'm I'm fine following other people. It, it it doesn't mean that I don't feel like envy or thinking, oh man, that's just that's so good. But I can appreciate it because I come from a place now where I'm like, there just needs to be more people, as many as possible, sharing their stories in the ways that feel good and right to them. And it's not competition. It's just another person sharing their story and it means that another audience can get to hear and see themselves and maybe then you know alter create or share their own story as well and so it's not a competitive thing anymore it's like the more the merrier Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also find as well that I even though I'm like oh god damn that's so good but it's it's really I really love to see the craft within Mm. it as well and and kind of pull it apart and be like, wow, that's that's so amazing that that other human being managed to express this in such a way. And I definitely, it's funny because you, I find myself looking for more and more and more, not because I'm trying mm. to make myself feel bad. I'm just like, I want to see like the, the limits of the human capacity to express like this. So when you started the Instagram account, had you had a journaling slash writing practice before and you were then making it public or was it day one first day of journaling and it's public oh no my I've got a friend who I think I've known since I was about 16 and she's like I have never not seen you without a pen a notepad a journal a diary a piece of paper in your hand like since I've known you (laughs) so I have oh I've I've always been with the words. I've always written, whether that's privately, just for myself, to make sense of myself, or publicly. I think it felt like a natural thing to move into because it was just another way that I expressed myself, that I could share with other people of like how I believe in the power of words. 
to kind of change your story or just feel seen and understood and like maybe rewrite narratives for yourself. And I I wanted to share through my self-expression, I wanted to help other people find their own self-expression and journaling was a way to do that. Okay, so let's dive into the, the journaling practice. So kind of how you've developed that, what your kind of thoughts or process is around your journaling practice and, and kind of how you find it helps you. Okay. So I think for me, I I kind of I've picked it up and put it down over the years. It's finding your way as with anything in life, finding the thing that feels right for you and feels doable and sustainable and manageable. You know, we can all sit here and Google and go on YouTube and look at like, oh, this person's 5 a.m. morning routine where they spend like an hour and a half doing whatever in the morning. And I think if I could just get up like 45 minutes earlier then I could. Yeah, but you don't. So <laughs> let's not start there. <laughs> let's meet ourselves where we are. OK, <laughs> so I remember at the beginning of the first lockdown, kind of starting my own sort of morning routine and it was just a 10 minute stretch kind of like a yoga stretch and I was like I'd love to be a yogi that can do all this stuff whatever but I just know that my lower back says thank you for doing a little stretch in the morning so we're going to do 10 minutes of that and then we're going uh, going to brew a lovely cup of tea and then we're going to do 10 minutes of journaling and I'm very big on the things that that fit into your life that you can keep doing so I was like 10, 10, 10. Wonderful. It doesn't need to be, you know, I know we've both done morning pages and kind of looked at the artist's way. <laughs> I say looked at because I have not completed yeah. I've opened the book. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the idea of the morning pages and I do them a couple of times a week and I find it good for kind of emptying my head of like random flitty thoughts. But I was like, that's not realistic for me. And for me, intuitive journaling means intuition. I lead, like I do how it do it, how it works for me. So I cast myself as like a rebel journaler and that's what I share. So I think I make people feel comfortable with that. If they're not comfortable with writing reams and reams and pages and pages of words, that doesn't mean there's not a value in the practice that works for you. It's self-expression at the end of the day and as as long as for me I think we get better at listening to ourselves recurrently and allowing ourselves to be heard that's the main goal for me yeah I think I went for a week of doing morning pages and then it trailed off because it just takes so long like I did not expect it to take an hour and a half to write three pages it's a um, I with a big notepad and then I kind of I would like downsize the notepad I was like so that I could get through the three pages quicker <laughs> yeah it's so hard but and I so agree with what you're saying around it fitting into your life because when I first decided to start a business I was like I'm going to do yoga every morning and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that <laughs> I, and I'm now at this point where I cannot do anything in the morning like I just I can't <laughs> everything comes for me at night so I do do sometimes yoga but mostly work just workouts but it happens at night and mm. I quite often will sit in the bath and like do a 10 minute little thing on my phone journal on my phone but that doesn't look like the way you're supposed to journal because it's not in a beautiful pad and with a pen but mm. I just am not very good at handwriting and I have I have these google docs <laughs> just like full of stuff and that's the way it had to happen for me one of the first things that I say in my journaling workshops is it's like get the idea of the aesthetic out of the way as much as I love Instagram I hate that it's made so many things have to focus on how they look and not even how they look for you how it looks for other people to to see and I'm like if everybody is lying what is the point of this (laughs) he was like that's not how it looks so But you make it look pretty for other people and then that sets the precedent for what they think that their practice has to look like and it's all nonsense. So I actively, I I encourage, I'm like, if you want to bring your phone to like a journaling um, workshop and you actually just want to record into your phone because you can capture your thoughts quicker than you can write, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. I I keep, like for me, self-expression is 
the core, whatever that looks like. I don't care if it's bullet points. I don't care if it's diagrams. It could be doodles. It could not have a, a, a journal attached to it at all. It could be a random bit of paper that you burn at the end. Like, I, I like the idea that I feel like I'm I'm freeing up the, the and kind of loosening, loosening even, the reins on this kind of aesthetic because I think aesthetic can stop people doing a lot of things that could actually bring them a lot of value. Yeah, and it sets that standard of what proper is. This is not just in journaling, this is in everything. And something that I encounter with people a lot is just holding all this tension around doing things properly. When actually, mm. and, and, and even the things that nobody's ever going to see you do, it just, there's this so much fear about doing something wrong yeah. that actually cannot be done wrong and that was something that I very much kind of closed myself off to journaling for a long time because I was like well I don't know how to start where do I find the prompts like where are the right prompts for me to use and actually using tarot became a kind of circular route in and I actually personally found it and I it's only during this conversation that I'm like what I do is journaling <laughs> I started out just be like I'm gonna write and and I'm gonna write this thing I, I did this 40,000 word project that was gonna be a book or kind of come out a book was gonna come out of it it's literally just 40,000 words of my feelings yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel so and which is fine but it was but it's been like okay, now I understand myself a million times better than I did at the beginning of that. Um, and now maybe you're ready to write the book because you <laughs> needed to get all of that kind of like preamble out of the way. That was just 40,000 words of morning pages, maybe done at night and via Google Docs. <laughs> so how, yeah, how, I mean, this is maybe a bit of a basic question, but how does having the practice make your life better? It's a basic question, but I find the simple questions are often the best. It allows me to be heard. It's a place where I can be brave and just show up without editing myself because I find wherever we go outside of, I guess, the four walls of ourselves, there's always going to be a level of editing yourself and thinking you have to say things a certain way and I find freedom in my journal to be honest with you there's no expectation there and I have big expectations of myself in life so I don't have to show up daily if I don't want to it doesn't have to look a certain way and that alone means that I just feel relaxed and it's something that I want to do and yeah it just it helps me feel understood. I've always felt like I can write things down better than I can say them. Um, it feels a lot more succinct for me. So um, I wish a lot of arguments could be like written documents. <laughs> I would win. I would win a lot more arguments. <laughs> because I find that if I write something down, I'm like, Oh, wonderful. And then I go to, I could say, this, go to say exactly the same thing. And it just comes out like gobbledygook. And it makes me kind of shrink and go into myself and wish I'd never said anything. I like write, writing and journaling because it doesn't make me want to shrink. <laughs> and so how do you go from having this place, which is free of expectation and a place where you just express and then lifting the words off the page and making them public and, and bringing them into a place where you do have a lot of expectation of yourself. I think I had like this realisation, I don't know, some months ago where I was like, okay, you write all your desires and stuff and, you know, you kind of have this introspection of certain parts of yourself within these pages. What are you going to do with them? I think the the great thing about journaling is that because I can get down how I feel on the page and I, it's the birthplace of like wants and desires. If you could sit there and just write the same thing over and over and over again, but I don't know. I, I think it allows me to find themes and find the things that stick, the things that get past the enthusiasm burnout 
and I actually want to move forward with, no matter how shaky, like shakily led I do that. I've got a five-year journal and I really, I like writing, like it's just like a couple of sentences. And I think it was there where I realized this idea of turning intention into action, because I noticed that I would come around to writing for 2020 and now 2021. And in 2019 and 2018, I was still writing the same things. Mm. I was like, so, so are we going to come back here next year and be writing the same thing again? No, you, you need to, to check something in this needs to change. And I, I don't know, it was just a realization that, yes, you can write about how you feel and what you want, but like th- this is the birthplace of action, actually. It needs to be. Otherwise, I think for me, then I sit and like think, what's the point? Like just kind of it's another place to moan and just mm-hmm. something more has to come out of it. So I challenge myself a lot through journaling to kind of take it off the page and make it impactful in my life. Okay, yeah. So it while it is a kind of safe expectation free zone, it's also a filter in a lot of ways and a, a kind of yeah, a place where it things get catalyzed and turned into something else. And there's yeah, so it's not a passive No, activity. it's not a passive no. I think it's the space actually where I gain momentum and where I kind of G and boy myself up <laughs> to like bring things into the real world, whether it's like a conversation I need to have with someone or a thing I want to do for, for Frank and Phil. Like that's the safe place where I kind of have that conversation with myself. And I'm like, yeah, you can do it. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the things that you publish, how often are they, are they lifted kind of verbatim from the journal? Do they go through a, a phase where they go from being raw to something polished? How do you choose what you take from your journal? Or do you not take any of it from your journal? Sometimes I, I like on my story, I like post bits of my journal because that feels okay for me. I, I'm very aware of being boundaried, but there are bits of my journal that I feel okay sharing it doesn't feel like an overshare for me personally and sometimes I'll be journaling and something will come up and I'm like oh I think I just need to post that now so I might just turn over the page and though you won't see what I was journaling before you will literally just see that sentence or that phrase I will rewrite it on a fresh page and post it some of it is yeah some of it is raw I think yeah all of it comes from a raw place but sometimes I'll just write something down and maybe come back to it and then kind of filter through and edit it and be like, oh, maybe I need to take that out. Not quite sure how deep in the feels I was when I was writing that. <laughs> maybe we need to like chill a little bit. But I, I, I don't know. I remember hearing the phrase, write from your scars, not your wounds. But because I write to make sense of my world, I find that I can write when the wounds are healing. And so it like captures bits of the moment. And I think that tends to resonate with people because, yeah, it's kind of it's it's in it, but it's I'm I don't know how to how how to describe it. I think that. I know it, it, I listening to you talk. It's kind of like a different. It's a more immediate truth because mm. you could write from the scar with a lot of perspective, but mm. the actual the truth of this immediate feeling you can't capture afterwards because it's you're it's so you're so in it 100% yeah you've you've yeah you've absolutely nailed it on the head and so there'll be sometimes where I will write things when I'm when you know it's fresh and it's raw but I won't share it until maybe like a couple of weeks later or just until it feels right but yeah I notice that whenever I'm whenever I'm in something where I like I need to make a decision or something's weighing on me heavily I I have to do it in that moment because I find it really hard to recall the power of my feelings that essentially helped me make the decision and helped me move forward. Afterwards, I always have to do things when I'm in the moment, which is annoying because then when I'm out of it and maybe after I've made the decision, then I sit there doubting myself going, was it so bad? Did I need to do that? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, but and I think that and the thing is as well that but the point of what you're posting is to connect to people and if you are 
and they are feeling those things too and they're not going to be able to connect to it if you are going outside of that moment like oh here's how I feel about it now when I'm really (laughs) level-headed like Mm. you're not you're it's not doing its job in that way and so yeah I think it's this is a really interesting kind of tightrope and particularly kind of in a context like a podcast like this whereas if we were talking very strictly kind of building a business and building a brand like yeah you probably don't want to be sharing your heartbreak all over the shop but as a Mm -hmm. writer who is there Mm -hmm. to connect that that is what you want to be doing yeah and I feel I feel safe like in connecting through my words so I feel like I can share a lot more vulnerably than I might do I don't know in the workplace or maybe in certain conversations with certain people, I just feel very safe and comfortable, like within words. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like, like I say, like an overshare. Yeah. No, I'm completely with you that it's kind of because, yeah, it might be something that I'm in, but the, the safety comes from myself claiming it. Mm. And saying, uh, th- it's, I'm sharing it on my terms, in my words, yeah. speaking my truth, rather than trying to hide it. It feels oh, so much yeah. more powerful to say it out loud on my own terms mm. yeah. than to try and pretend like everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm going to need to listen back to this. And, and <laughs> journal on what you just said there. But yeah, it, I think there is. It's, it's like an empowerment thing because the words can only come from me. So they're my words spoken my way how I want and when I want and um yeah that's really that's really powerful for yeah that's that's a really yeah it's a really profound and powerful thing you've just said there Mm. (laughs) well and and, I'm thinking about it now this idea of only writing from the scars blah 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 it feels like no and don't don't tell me what to do I want to write from yeah well we have all these shoulds of like oh don't share this don't share that don't share it now it's like no I'm I'm my own bloody woman I'm gonna express myself how I damn wish and you know I think through like journaling and writing and finding my voice and all of this it's helping me find my my own autonomy in work and in life and I'm very thankful for that because it makes me feel more powerful like and more assured and to be like no this is what I want to say and this is when I want to say it and this is how I want to say it (laughs) I find it a very powerful thing and it it, because it should as well it should be the most scary thing to like make something public like your deepest darkest thoughts but there is And I've I've been thinking a lot about this idea of letting go. And if you just like let go, here it is. What are you gonna like? This is it. What are you gonna say? Like, (laughs) here I am. (laughs) Deal with it. Yeah, because I I mean you know, I guess shame, fear of doing things, um, fear of putting yourself out there, all of that is released when you do just let go and just yeah. And it's just, it's vocal and it's public and it's a conversation and it be- it becomes less of a thing the more you just do it, really. Mm. I think people often fear it, well, or like this, have this sense of worrying about being found out or kind of called out. And mm. I just think, and so, and so we kind of build this online persona, but you're always worried of people finding out what's behind it. Whereas I think that just to go here are my here feelings there's nothing to find out and so that the fear just dissipates because yeah there's I'm not, I can't be caught out for for whatever being myself not, yeah, yeah exactly I just want to also I've been thinking I will go back to something we spoke about right at the beginning but because I'm interested it's something that I've been delving into a lot myself about what you were saying about feeling it in your body and your mind and just overthinking it because I mean the last month like my relationship to my body has completely changed so yeah I would love to know a little bit about how whether that's something you've always had been quite embodied or how you find that experience it's absolutely not something I've always had and I think I wrote in my journal very recently that 
you know, I'm I'm 35 now and I feel like I'm only just coming to know this vessel that I've been in for, for how many decades now. It's crazy that my brain and my body could be so connected but have been strangers for so long. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think that that comes from a few things. I think it actually comes from learning to work with myself in terms of my character and in terms of like my physical body rather than against myself and I mean I won't go into it but I think that that comes from a lot from kind of battling with like again aesthetics diet culture and all that stuff and just finding my place and where I sit within all of that and because I've come to a better place in my body in terms of just being okay with my with myself I'm learning that I can trust what I feel. I'm actually doing a coaching program with someone called Tammy Thomas. She writes that Live 360. And she's doing a year-long coaching program called Sovereign. And a lot of the stuff that we're doing is based in the somatic teaching. And a lot of that is embodied. And it's about kind of like, grounding yourself listening into like what's going on inside you around you outside of you and kind of going from there because otherwise you just get dragged from pillar to post from feeling to feeling and feelings are fickle and I feel like my mind is actually quite fickle and if I let my mind decide what how the day's gonna go really not a good idea like 98% of the time which is probably why I appreciate writing in the morning because I can turn what would have been a really bad day Mm. into a actually okay day because I just need to spend five minutes before a cup of tea just getting all of the kind of icky thoughts out but I'm really really learning that the more I tune into my body the more I make better embodied decisions that I'm really I'm really fully behind even if my mind like wants to ask Mm. all of the questions (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like be like but do you think really that we should be yes I do think and you just need to get on board all right (laughs) yeah I actually I've got a good metaphor for this that uh, the other weekend I climbed a mountain (laughs) casual Um, (laughs) (laughs) and people talk about mind over body a lot but this was body over mind because the whole time my mind was like no this is too hard this is beyond me it's also too hot um like I I can't this is I'm going the wrong way I'm on the wrong way my body was like fine we're still moving yeah. forward so yeah. whatever it's like I could my body was just walking up the hill my body was like yes we can do it my body wasn't hurting my body wasn't and I had to be so conscious of like sinking into that and just going going through like each muscle like no it's fine <laughs> and then taking the messaging back up to my head to your mind yeah I yeah. feel like a lot of the a lot of the time over the last I don't know how many years we've been told a lot like oh, we just need to like change your mindset we just need to work on your mindset and actually I don't always think it's to do with the mind I just think your mind needs to get on board our minds are like our life cv there's like museums to like all of the experiences that we've had or that we've seen others have and the minute we like encounter a situation it brings up all of its receipts that it's got on that thing and it will be like oh this is this might be a threat I'm not sure if we should do this I don't know and you just need to feel like do I feel safe doing this like the body is such a brilliant machine and computer. I think once you learn to get more connected with it and stop trying to override it, there's a there's a lot of like peace, easefulness and power there. There really, really yeah. is. Yeah, and I think something that I wrote about was that for my whole life, my body has just been this kind of fleshy sedan chair for my brain and all I cared about was my brain just kind of being paraded around the world in this, on this on this thing that just existed and was a bit inconvenient and to actually and yeah we, we live in a society that's built on rationalist thinking and that's the wisdom does not exist in your brain that's what I'm starting 
to learn is that actually not mo most good things don't exist in your brain. Like your brain helps you to express it and put it into words, but the wisdom sits inside you. It really, it really does. I don't think anyone can convince me otherwise. I, I, it's impossible now. Um, from what I've experienced myself, the more I've become attuned and kind of brought them together. And I find actually my brain's becoming a little bit less rebellious because it knows it's, it's going to just have to go along with it anyway. So <laughs> sooner or later, it's up to you. But <laughs> <laughs> So I think what, before we do start to close it in, I'd like to talk a little bit, because we've talked a lot about the, the writer side of it, but as you said at the beginning, there's the doubter side of it. And so I'd like to know what you kind of experience regularly that comes up there, or just, yeah, how does the, the doubter side of your job title, if you like, sort of show up and, and how do you deal with that? The doubt side, it shows up as, it shows up a lot in my inner critic. And I think my inner critic actually looks a lot like me. I think my inner critic looks like the perfectionist should version of myself. That I think should be in the world rather than the me that's actually in the world. And I think my doubt tells me, oh, it won't last. You won't be able to find like words as good as X, Y, Z person or like words better than you wrote before like like this is it this is as far as we go you know people are just being polite when they share your work or they mention something to you in your dms or they'll reply to your newsletter like they don't really mean it they're just being kind and also I think it shows up now in that they're just they're just words like this is just some silly little thing like don't think that your your words have that much impact on people like don't get above your station just silly little words and so I think previously doubt wanted to stop me from doing because it's at the end of the day they're just safety messages gone wrong a little bit it is something I guess wants to keep you safe and keep you in the known and the familiar um, but now I'd say that doubt shows up in now that I'm doing it doubt has had to take a slightly different tact with me and be like oh yeah, okay, you're doing it now, but like, what's it for? That kind of question. Um, where do you go from here? And I don't know, I think that's, that's how it shows up for me at the moment. Mm. And so as part of, of having that in your kind of email signature, how do you sort of wrap that up in the work that you do? And I don't want to say the word overcome it because I don't actually believe that the goal should be to overcome something but how, yeah how do you work with it well my favorite saying that I, I just came up with I don't know um is though I doubt I do and I think that I just I go with again the body and like what feels easeful there and I kind of just quietly and slowly take small steps and kind of wait I'm waiting for like self-belief and self-trust to kind of grow with each of those little small steps and the things that comes from it I agree with you I don't think you get over self-doubt you just learn that okay it's this thing that it's in the car but it doesn't it's not at the driving seat I am mm -hmm. it's this and I, I almost kind of not patronize self-doubt because it can be a really paralyzing thing but when I am in that mode I do just kind of tell it to pipe down and <laughs> um I, I I think it's about as well building evidence because a lot of it is like tangible evidence because a lot of the inner critic and the doubt stuff like to speak in absolutes based on absolutely nothing <laughs> oh you always you never do I know you can't <laughs> and actually I think if the more you kind of practice tiny 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 bits of self-trust and tiny 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 bits of building up evidence to the contrary you're more likely to kind of find an even keel that means like okay the doubt is still there but I can still do this little thing and I can still move forward mm -hmm. yeah you never lose yeah. it but you, you learn to work with it yeah I think it's that what you say about the absolutes is that it's 
it's so unreasonable mm-hmm. but we're so scared of it we kind of just go okay whereas sometimes yeah. if you just go why <laughs> it doesn't have an answer for you it's like oh you'd never be able to do this why not and then it, it can't go any further but getting to the point of being brave yeah. enough to actually question it is another thing exactly 100 percent. yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly yeah <laughs> okay so let's quickly before we do the question um yeah. just talk a little bit about anybody who's been listening and wants to kind of get into journaling and they were maybe like I was like oh I need prompts I need to do this I need to do that mm-hmm. what would you be your kind of quick fire here's how you can just start start okay cool I'm gonna quote you and I'm, I might paraphrase because <laughs> I'm bad at quoting people but don't approach something that. don't approach things as though they're hard and I know that's yeah. really difficult to tell someone if I heard that myself um, maybe like two years ago, I'd be like, what a ridiculous statement to say, because there must be a right way to do things. And especially when you're new, you want those stabilizers to feel like you're doing things right. And the thing with journaling is that it really does come from you. And so it's this, it is a battle of like, oh, but I don't trust myself. I don't know what to write. I don't know. Okay. How I started, I start small. Every Every day or every time I go to journal, I literally journal in the morning on three bullet points. And for me, they are body, uh, mind and mood and sleep, because those three things have the biggest influence on how I will navigate my day, depending on the answers. So start with three bullet points. It doesn't have and and build from there. I think now I include my word of the year because I happen to have one. But it can literally be that it's just providing the opportunity and the space to hear from yourself. If if you literally write, I feel, and then end that sentence, well done, you're a journaler. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> That's it. You're, you're listening into yourself and you're tuning in. I think the other thing is that we, when we're new at something, we want to look at the person who's got the expertise and all the knowledge. And actually, I'm a little bit of a stickler for prompts because if I don't, especially as a writer, if I don't feel like I can connect with something, I'm not going to do it. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm I'm real rebel with, with like my writing and my journaling. I'm like, no, it doesn't make any sense. I don't want to. So <laughs> I would say prompts are everywhere. And when I say that, look for the things that connect. What are the things that you're screenshotting? What are the what's the song lyric that stood out in your mind for some reason? What's the line from a TV show that stood out? And you can just turn that into a question and turn it inwards and ask yourself a little bit about it one of the prompts that stood out for me over this last lockdown was actually taken from a line in the last season of how to get away with murder where Annalise Keating says she simply said I don't need you to be perfect I need you to be honest and that's something I journaled on because it's those moments where like something makes you just go oh so if there's something you save on Instagram ask a few probing questions. Why Why did I save that? Is it an aspirational thing? Is it an inspirational thing? Really, like, I don't think anyone can necessarily give you the answers, but I would say start small, start with a couple of bullet points, three minutes a day. It doesn't have to be massive, mm-hmm. but do it continually because journaling is something that unravels. You don't get these, like, aha moments every every second. And I think it can be difficult because we live in a society that thinks what's the point if I don't get something out of it every single time that can be the sticking point and then also trusting that you know what to write and you know the things are kind of like sticking out to you I mean so many good tips first of all (laughs) (laughs) but I think that something that really helped me as well was saying well it's five minutes and no more because Mm -hmm. I think when we think oh we have to put aside an hour to do it properly and and then when we're putting aside an hour, it's like, well, I want to have an outcome out of it. But it's like, well, it's just five minutes, but not like a big loss of my time. And that gave me the boundary around it as well. That it, Because I think if you're just like, okay, journal, it's like, oh. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if it's like, okay, you've got five minutes, don't stop writing for five minutes and just see what comes out, out of you. That was my personal way in as well. Just for everyone's reference. (laughs) 
there is there though there is something around prompts if you do feel like you need guidance like mm-hmm. go for it so I have one last question for you which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life I think for me this has to come down to one of my other mantras which is less force more ease the kind of thing that we've already been talking about it's leaning into the thing that feels easeful not necessarily easy and I think it's regular check-ins with both my body and my mind because I find that my body has the simple yes or no whether the mind complicates it and as that phrase typically says like keep it simple stupid so (laughs) yeah go with the body because it keeps it simple so where can people come and find you and read your words and maybe join a workshop you can find me on instagram at frank and feel you can also find me on the website uh, which is frankandfeel.com that's where you can find out more about journaling workshops as they come up and you can also sign up to my newsletter through either place uh, which is called the reminder which is i'd say semi-frequent letters to remind you of what was always there beautiful Thank you so much. I could talk for another three hours, but we probably shouldn't. (laughs) Agreed. And yeah, all right. (laughs) Any links that we mentioned will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Sasha on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she is at frankandfeel. If you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.